does it look like to be a man in unchartered territory? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Grown Man Podcast. We are definitely in a season where we're walking through some unchartered territory, to say the least. Whether you are a business owner trying to navigate what does it look like to make sure we can try to keep our employees and honor our commitments and keep cash flow coming in the door and operate in a season where we might be virtual for the first time uh, or there might be different constraints and pressures on what it looks like to be efficient in this season uh, or you're an employee trying to support your business. Maybe you're fearful of losing your job. Maybe you're in the healthcare field and you are trying to keep up with um, with taking care of the community that needs you while also balancing uh, safety for your own family and community. Regardless of what situation you find yourself in, this is just a new world order for all of us to live through. And it's my belief that you know, we have a lot of conversations about when will we all go back to normal? When will this pass and we'll get back to normal? And I'm a big believer that I don't know that there will be a back to normal, not in a bad way, not in a negative way. I, I'd like to see us as men, as leaders, step up to this challenge to, to learn a new dependency on God through this season and to leverage this time to evolve into developing more and more character, into developing more and more discipline, into learning more about who God is and letting that change us in the best way possible. And the best way that I know how to do that is to process some of what's going on, uh, especially to process some of what's going on in my head and my heart, uh, tactically in our business, whatever that might mean with mentors. And so that's what today's show pretty much is, is uh, I jumped on a call with, as y'all maybe know, if you listen to the show regularly, jumped on a call with my mentor, Todd Guckenberger. Todd is the uh, co-executive director of Back-to-Back Ministries, which is a nine-figure, is that right? Eight-figure? Eight-figure. <laughs> Eight-figure nonprofit based here in Cincinnati, Ohio, that focuses on international orphan care. Todd is just one of those men that um, he's a go-getter. He's super disciplined. He's a great leader of his household. But most importantly, he's super attuned with the Spirit. He walks in consistent prayer regularly. He lets uh, the Spirit really guide his decisions. And you'll hear that as we have this conversation today. And I just want to encourage y'all, there has never been a more important time, even though we're socially distanced, or I liked how uh, Dr. Acton here in Ohio put it, that we're, we're really physically distanced. We shouldn't be socially distanced. We shouldn't be relationally distanced. There's never been a more important time to make sure that you're spending time with your mentor, that you're spending time with the people that breathe life into you, that you're spending time with your small group, that you're spending time on the phone or texting or on a Zoom call or on FaceTime or whatever it is with the men in your life that that are life-giving to you. And so that's what this conversation here is all about. Let's learn a little bit from how Todd is handling this and in our discussion and walking through this as a man and as a leader. But let's also take this as an encouragement to get on the horn with the men that can breathe life into your life and help you process what's going on spiritually, emotionally, uh, intellectually, uh, professionally. We need that support structure around us. 
before we jump into the episode, I want to encourage you to, if we can be prayerful for you about anything that's going on in your world right now, our small but scrappy team <laughs> has committed to at least be prayerful. If there are some needs that we can help support or rally around, we're happy to do that as well as, you know, we can't promise, especially as a super small team with literally no funding, uh, that we can respond to every need tangibly. Uh, But man, we are committed to praying uh, as hard as we possibly can. So please shoot me an email at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at grownmanproject.com. That's Kurt, K-U-R-T, at grownmanproject.com. And if there's anything that would be helpful for you to hear from the podcast or any resources we can be developing, um, I'd love to to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you need from uh, from our platform, what we could be doing to best support you. So again, shoot me an email, Kurt, at grownmanproject.com. With that, let's jump into the show. Todd, welcome back to the show, brother. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> You're excited. Yeah. <laughs> excited to talk about uh, uh, the interesting, chaotic circumstances we're in right now. Huh? Yeah, it's it's been by far one of the most unique weeks that I've ever had. Yeah, no question. Uh, I, you know, I I reached out to you about having you on the show because I, I think you know part of the concept around this whole platform is what does mentorship look like in our daily lives? And these last couple of weeks have meant our daily lives look totally different than they did just a few weeks ago. Right. And so um, I'm excited just to kind of pick your brain on some things that even I'm walking through and wrestling with, and also just to kind of hear what rhythms you're creating in this new reality that we're living through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a really unique, unique week. And I think the, when you don't have a roadmap, it makes it even more complex, right? Like you're, (laughs) you're, you like your days to be predictable and, and, and you can do your days the normal way, but there is a new norm for sure. So let's start there. Like I, I keep hearing, I he, I keep hearing a lot of people talk about like when we get through this, uh, the new norm that we're living through today, but also like when things get back to normal is what I keep hearing people say, do you, do you, and, and I have an opinion about that, but it doesn't feel like we actually will get back to normal. It feels like there's a new normal that we're entering into. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, you know, I, I, as I think and I pray and I think, gosh, okay, do we need to get used to this? You know, is this some kind of a writing the ship that just happens every mm-hmm. once in a while? You know, you know, I look at both in the economy, both in, and how we, what we how we work and how we invest in other people. Uh, so, so I think, I think for sure, this is going to be a new norm for a while. Uh, yeah. I don't know that we'll all be working remotely in, you know, two months, but, I think we'll be consciously thinking about, okay, this could happen again in the fall when the weather changes again, you know? Yeah. So we, yeah. W- what things we suffered through now or had to really work, have w- good workarounds on now, we're going to have to have that already set up and done yeah. to be ready for the next time. Yeah. One of the things that, uh, that I think all of us are, are wrestling with, I'll speak for myself that I'm definitely wrestling with is, you know, we talked about on last week's podcast, second Timothy one, seven, that we're not called to have a spirit of fear 
Um, but there is a reason to be a little afraid, uh, a little uncertain, maybe intimidated or overwhelmed by what's going on. How, how are you as a leader of an organization, as a husband, as a dad, uh, as a man, how are you dealing with like, the, like, are you afraid? Do you have moments when you're afraid of what's going on? Yeah. Ironically, like I, I don't sleep well a lot of nights, but last night I was up from like three to five and it mm. was you can just tell when the enemy attacks and it's just full of anxiety. Like, you know, okay, what's going to happen, yeah. you know, are for us, because we're a global organization, are our sites safe, are our staff safe? Can we help meet kids needs still? Are we going to do what we do? Uh, so I was just plagued with this like anxiety. Finally got up early this morning and, you know, my, my go-to has always been it's a, this, this feeling like I can't do this on my own has never been, that's not, that's always the norm for me. Okay. Mm. I'm totally leaning into what God's going to do through me every day. Mm. And, and so, you know, that was my prayer this morning. Okay, God, you, you, you've got this, you know, if, mm. if it's, if we need to have a new norm, if it's, if we have to live with less, if, if we have to shift how we do things, you're going to lead us through it. And so I have a deep confidence in God in that. I think that is that, that understanding deeply that God is in control. Uh, mm. And really, honestly, if we, if I look back, I see his faithfulness so through everything that we've done, you know, whether it's coming up with the exact amount of resources we needed to do something or in 2008 with some of the economic crisis then of God providing just what we needed, you know? And so, I, so I, I, I think we have to mentally choose to not let anxiety and fear win and actually choose to competently choose Jesus and his faithfulness. Mm. That's amazing. I think that's a really interesting thought too, around like we, I did a webinar earlier today. I was telling you before we press record, uh, for the financial advisor world. And one of the things we were talking about is like the, the practices that we're already innovating, especially digitally are in a much better spot than those that are now playing catch it, like forced catch up really, really fast. And I think one of the things that you said was really interesting. Like if you were already living a life that was fully and wholly dependent on Jesus, then this isn't really a new normal, right? Like this is what you've already been practicing. Uh, but for those of us, myself included, that have been living lives that weren't fully and wholly dependent on Jesus, dependent on him for some things and then other things, you know, putting things on my own shoulder, like it, it's scary to think about not uh, having any of that control anymore and, and really being forced into a situation where we have to be fully and wholly dependent on him. Yeah. And I think, I think whether it's being a man or being a husband or being a leader, you feel a sense of, you need to be always in control. And I think mm -hmm. this feels out of control. And I think unless we have allowed ourselves to be out of control, not in a, like in a crazy way, like a reckless way, but out of control in a sense of, okay, God, you have to take this unless you've mm -hmm. practiced that muscle or exercise that muscle. I think it's going to be exponentially more scary. Yeah, not out of control, not being reckless, but like literally an inability to control variables that you just don't, you literally can't have control over. Right. And, 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 and for, you know, I don't know if it's because we run a nonprofit Christian organization, but literally I, I genuinely feel like God has to meet needs and mm. fulfill us, give us what we need for each day. And, and it's, it's complex. Sometimes it's even giving people the ability to do something they've never had the ability to do before. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's that dependence. And I, I've seen it through and through. I, I do think though, I, in this season, I, what I've been reflecting on even this morning, if it's a new norm, 
there's probably some fat I need to cut. Like mm. not in the sense of like literal fat or people or, but really, you know, are there things that I became too comfortable in, you know, mm. and mm-hmm. I got, this got too easy or too comfortable. And so you gotta, you gotta be reflective and go, okay, maybe, maybe there's something to it, you know? I think it's interesting. Like, so what are some of the areas for you personally, where you feel like you're, you're needing to like trim the fat? I mean, even, I was even thinking this morning, you know, is it, is it personal spending, you know, Mm. like, do I need to really, really focus on only spending resources where God's given me the ability to give and to, to serve with, or do I need my own, you know, you get comfortable, you get this kind of ease of, you know, it's just extra. So you don't worry about how, where it goes. And so I'm, I'm not like a rigid kind of have every penny in every column, but you know, I was thinking, okay, that, and then also time, think about, I was thinking about my own time, how we've spent more time with our kids this week in the evenings mm-hmm. than we have previous weeks. They don't have any activities, no sports. They've got no school, you know? So, so is this an opportunity for us to go deep into more relationship with our kids? So we're actually being really intentional about it. Actually, Beth and I had a, co- a conversation on Sunday night, you know, what do we want this to look like? We went for a walk and we're like, you know, what do we want to look like for our marriage? What do we want to look like for parenting? What do we want to look like for ministry or for work? And we kind of set some goals. You know, we wanted to be intentional with our kids, have a meal with them every day. And it's not like crazy things, but it's things that are important and valuable. I love that. I love that on so many levels. I love just the question of like, what do we want this to look like? I saw uh, one of one of my buddies who's a coach shared uh, this question of like, when you look back on this six months from now, what do you want to be proud that you did? Right? Uh, like, how, how would you look back on this and say, I handled that the way that Jesus would want me to handle it? Right. So I love that question of like, what do we want this to look like? Let's be intentional about creating those environments. I think you and Beth have always been really great at that. Uh, Like I've observed that in your marriage. Uh, What, what disciplines have y'all created? Like, was it natural for you to say, let's go on a walk and have that conversation? Well, I don't know if it's a discipline or just maybe it's a combination of a discipline and a, and a drive to each other is what we are incredibly high communicators. So we, we know we operate best when we're on the same page. We, we know by us making sure that we take that time and we've, we've learned not to do it in certain windows. You can't do it, you know, when we're, we're trying to be on task and you can't do it when you're about ready to go to bed because you're tired, but you need to do it in a window of time where it's, it works for both of you, where you can actually listen and hear each other. And because we co-mission, and that's, that's what I think even people who don't work together can still do because we co-mission in parenting, we co-mission in, in our life with our friends and out who we invest in and also mm-hmm. in our work. We want to make sure we're on the same page because when we complement each other, we're, we're at our best. And so yeah. that, that, I don't know if it's a habit or just maybe it's seeing the fruit of it over and over again or when we don't do it, sense, sensing the negativity that comes out of it. Like this is a disconnect mm-hmm. or a misfire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's almost like it's, it's not forced. It's how you've built your life. You've built your life by being intentional about like when you say commission, like even in that phrase, it implies that you're living life on a mission. You're living a missional life and you're doing that together. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you've already like predetermined that this is about, this is about moving in the same direction towards a common mission together. Right. Which I think is really special. Yeah. And for us, I mean, like, you know, it's, 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 we complement each other. And so when I see her 
as her strengths being the best and my strengths being the best for her, the company, it just, mm-hmm. it's way better than, than, than the friction that's caused when you're both trying to do something independent of one another. Mm. That's powerful. How, what are, as, as parents, <laughs> how has your, like you were talking about, like no sports, you guys are home, you don't have activities running around uh, in the evenings. How, how are you walking this out as a father? Well, I, I'll be real transparent. So like, you know, the, the challenges you, you do have some of those fears and anxieties that creep in. Okay. Where you, you, if you let our kids go, they all drive, you know, they can go out and do things, you know, do you go out? So, or, you know, do you go to public places like a park? So you can't go in a building and, you know, so you get this kind of like, well, we want to, as a father, I want to protect our family. I also don't want to be overbearing and dominant, but yet you want to share that leadership with your kids. And so, and there's been some things we've done well this week, you know, one of my sons, I didn't handle it well. I kind of blew it. And I kind of got more upset about the fact that I didn't think he took care of some things that he should have. And so, uh, but I think, I think we, Beth and I in particular have tried to navigate the week with wisdom, discernment, you know, they're innocent and hopefully we'll think, Oh, nothing can hurt me. I think that's actually a good thing. So not speaking so much fear into them, but Hey, we need to do this as a family to do this well. Yeah. You talked about wisdom and discernment and earlier you were talking about like being wholly dependent on Jesus. What, what does your prayer life look like during this? Well, it's pretty significant. It's, it's interesting, <laughs> you know, both with, with their family. So our daughter's at still at, you know, at her university and she's got an internship. And so she needs to be there to get a certain amount of hours and this is her senior year. So she's got to graduate. Mm-hmm. So we're working through praying with her and thinking, okay, well, we would love to make her come home. Right. It seems like let's get all the chicks in the, in the, hen, in the, in the hen house and let's make that everybody stay together and be safe. But, but we've just prayed through that and asked for God's wisdom and discernment. Is it good for you to still be there? Can you do it and be mm-hmm. safe? So we've had multiple conversations with her blessing is in FaceTime and things that you can see people's faces so that she cannot sense our fear, but our concern. And so just walking through that with her has been actually been really good. And, you know, and then the university is making decisions, they're sending decisions out, they're making on her behalf, which some seem fair, some see, some don't. So how does she advocate for herself and just processing that? So it's been interesting to, to work, walk alongside our kids in different scenarios like that this week. Mm. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested. Like one of the things that, uh, I learned from you that actually Chad, who's in the, in the grown man project biz with us, uh, who you also mentor is just the idea of prayer without ceasing of Mm. like praying as you walk through your day. Um, so I know that that's a discipline that you have. It's something that, that you encourage, you've encouraged us as, as a mentor. What does that look like now? Like what does your prayer throughout the day look like? You know, it's, it's interesting. I don't know that it's changed much, but the confidence of, you know, doing anything on my own is definitely less, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I think if anything, it's increased in going, okay, God, I have no idea what to do here. So we'll have a, with our leadership team, we had a big call yesterday to kind of follow up and kind of decide on different things we're going to do internationally. So I'm just like, sometimes they look at me or, people look at me like, okay, you you make the decision. And I think that mm. sometimes is great. I, I will make the decision. I like, you know, leading, leading the organization. However, I'm also going, okay, God, I have no idea. 
and just to yeah. be transparent with the Lord and with others and say, okay, let's ask the Lord what he wants. And so just walking through that, I, I feel like that's what my daily minute by minute is almost yeah. in every meeting, every interaction with my kids, with my wife, you know, how do I do this? Well, and, and, and I, and the great thing is God can speak to us. He puts things yeah. on our hearts. He burdens us. He gives us clarity for me in particular, the mornings, the early mornings, he gives me incredible mm-hmm. clarity. Um, mm-hmm. And so I can be really go to bed with something so complex in the morning, wake up, spend time with the Lord and just see clearly what needs to happen. What, when you say spend time with the Lord, what does that mean? Well, so like uh, I, every season's different. So sometimes I journal well, this in this season, I'm actually doing a uh, reading through the Bible on a, on a Bible app on the U version Bible. It's a, it's got a devotional that's pretty long and it's got six or seven passages that are walking through the Bible, not chronologically, but thematically it's, mm. it's been really great. That's really uh, cool. Yeah. But I, so like just getting my head right, you know, and so like, ironically, I'm in Exodus, you know, got Moses and Joshua and they're, they're dealing with challenging things and people are making dumb choices. This week on Monday, I actually read the passage of, of when Moses and Joshua in Exodus 33 went into the tent of the meeting and Moses left after he was done talking to God and Joshua, it says Joshua stayed in the tent of the meeting. To, and and you, you think about that, like sometimes you just have to go to the tent of the meeting and you've got to be in the presence of the Lord and go, okay, God, what do you want us to do? And sometimes mm-hmm. we need to stay longer and sometimes we got what we need and we're just go out throughout the day and still bit being filled up by him. But, uh, but I love how scripture can jump out and, and teach you something that happened, you know, thousands of years ago. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. That's amazing. I think sometimes like the, the, the word to, to me at least can feel intimidating to even like know like where to open the Bible mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's encouraging to ease, at least like Exodus 33, like a good, a good place where God can speak to us in this season. Are, is there other scripture that you're kind of leaning into right now? Proverbs is really great because I think it, it exudes wisdom and there's mm-hmm. such great passages in there that, that actually lead you to, okay, really deep thought. Like, you know, like, actually I was for which proverb it was today it was it Proverbs eight um, don't mm-hmm. quote me on the on the passage, but it was actually almost the same what I was telling you earlier about cutting the fat. Like mm-hmm. there there's a time and plenty, and then there's a time to really trim things down. And mm-hmm. and I love that scripture can teach us that and go, okay, well, you know, we can we can live in in the plenty, but if if we squander everything we have, then we, in the end, we'll really have nothing. And that, that yeah. means not just financial, it could be relationally, it could be how we steward all kinds of resources. But, but so Proverbs are really great, especially when we need wisdom. But I, I love that because it's concentrated into key thoughts. Yeah. What you're also a leader of a 300 plus staff organization, right? Which uh, if y'all are listening to this and you haven't heard the rest of Todd's story and, and back back-to-back ministries go back to, I think it's episode one or two uh, of the show. And, and we walked through a lot of, of Todd's story, back-to-back story. But uh, you were talking earlier about like, even in team meetings where you're being asked to make a decision, being willing to slow down enough to say, God, what would you have us do? It, is that literally like in that meeting, you're stopping the meeting in that moment and being prayerful about that? Is that just you in your head having that dialogue with God? Well, it's always me having that dialogue with God in my head. Always. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we stop the meeting, but I'm also willing not to have an answer uh, right. and, and to say to our team or to people, whoever I'm in that meeting with, I, I don't know. And I need yeah, to, we need to good. ask God and we need to seek either counsel from others or, or really figure out who's the best to make the decision. I have this, you know, 
obviously God can give us any decision, but I have this little phrase we say is give authority where authority is, where essentially if you're the expert in this, I'm going to rely on you to help me answer this question or give discernment to this because if somehow you've been gifted in that, or you've studied that, or your, you know, your experience has brought you to that expertise. Mm -hmm. But, um, but we do, we do spend a lot of time in prayer um, in in our meetings, usually at the beginning, sometimes at the end, when we don't know, you know, yesterday in our leadership team, we definitely spend some time praying because a lot of it's out of control, not, not out of control, like in a crazy way, but out of our control. Yeah. It feels like there's a lot of instances right now where like, um, like we're making more decisions than we were in normal day-to-day life (laughs) and decisions where, like you said, it's like uncharted territory with it feels out of our control. Um, because of that, I'm feel like one thing that we're trying to do more of is like empower our team to just make those calls and move fast. Um, and we were doing that already in the normal day-to-day life. It feels like we need to almost like double down on that to a degree. Um, how are you helping your team like discern what needs to get elevated to you or whoever's re- whoever they're reporting to versus like what they can manage on their own? Well, it's, it's really interesting you ask that because I'm either calling it accidental brilliance or complete stupidity, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, so this is, this is true. This, so this week on Sunday night or Monday morning, we internationally, we communicate a lot through WhatsApp, which is basically Mm -hmm. messaging, but it's cheaper and a lot more fluid, but all of our international sites use it. So I created a WhatsApp with all of our international directors. So in that communication, I just said, a lot's going on. We don't know what's going to happen. Essentially here, here are some key things I'd like you to focus on. One is have a contingency plan. What do you need to do best for the kids we serve? And then, and then really how do we, how do, what do you need specifically for your site or your specific location? Uh, and you need to be thinking through that. And basically what I was saying in, in many words was you are the leader, make the decisions for your site. And mm-hmm. so it's good. Then I clarified and said, there's some things I need to know what's going on. So, so please let me know what changes you're making, but uniquely each site has because of the way the coronavirus in particular has kind of processed through each site and where it's popped up, you know, two days ago, there was nothing in Haiti today, this morning we wake up and there's four cases in Haiti and our site basically is shut down all the education systems shut down, you know, so Matt, our site director had sent a a message to his whole team. Here's the process. Here's what we're going to do. I did not micromanage that. I believe that he has the ability to do that. He knows the specific needs of that site, but it's been this act called accidental brilliance, you know, whether you, cause you can't micromanage something this broad and yeah. we're, we're in five places around the world, five countries, five different languages, five cultures, eight places, unique locations. So it was, it was like, okay, do we try to say, this is what we're going to do it back to back and how we're going to respond? No, it was, here's some basic things we're going to respond. And then we created a shared drive on uh, Google drive of how each director was cascading the information so they could steal from mm-hmm. each other. You know, so oh, that's a great idea. Cut and paste. So anyway, it was just a simple example of, and there's going to be mistakes in that. You know, we're not going to be yeah. perfect, but but the reality is they know best what the needs are for their specific area. Yeah, what does it look like? Like you know, y'all are an organization that serves others. <laughs> y'all are a family that serves others. You're a leader that serves others. Like. What are y'all doing to proactively serve others in this like socially distanced <laughs> quarantined world? Well, it's, it's interesting. I, I said to somebody yesterday, I, I think that the most successful people in the season are going to be the ones of the best communicators. Um, mm. 
you know, so whether they're verbal, good, good verbal communicators, like my wife is, or written communicators like Beth is actually, uh, or the ones that actually know what message needs to be communicated. And mm. I think that's probably the most important. And so we love serving. So we're, we're brainstorming and trying to think of ways, how do we still invest in others? You know, the best part about back to back and the best part about the way we've chosen to live, we you know, our life versus second Thessalonians two, eight, which is we've come not only share the gospel, but our lives as well. How do we continue to build that community? How do you share the gospel? How do you invest in others in this unique time? So it's everything from getting, getting face to face time with people virtually which we've done. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done more virtual meetings than I've done probably all year collectively in one week. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not true, but you know, you can see, Mm -hmm. but I, and I think there's ways we can serve people. Beth's written a couple articles about, you know, how we work with uh, kids from hurt backgrounds and how do you keep your kids, you know, know, to be informed in a trauma informed Mm -hmm. way in a time where there could be a lot of fear. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, so how do we give resources away? We were about ready to launch what we call trauma free world, which is our learning management platform for sharing trauma competent care information. How do we get that to people and resource them in a time where there's going to be some fallout, you know, from emotional development of kids around the world. Yeah. Do you have, do you have anybody in your life that, um, has called you like pretty fearful of what's going on that you've had to kind of talk through that? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the pendulum is, Beth just told me this yesterday. It was probably brilliant for her to say it. And I, I get frustrated with it, but the, there are definitely people on both sides of the pendulum. People are like, the sky's mm-hmm. falling, you know, sell everything you have because it's only going to be worth what it is today because it's going to go away tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the other side is, you know, all the, almost a little bit, what I say, cowboyish, where they they don't, you know, like, yeah. I don't care. Nothing's going to hurt me kind of thing. Beth said to me yesterday, you have no choice but to stay in the middle and right now. And in leadership, I think it's hard not to get sucked into the, you know, the gasp of the extreme. Um, and then also to just get frustrated and clear the table and go, screw this. I'm going to do what I want to do. And we're not going to care what's going to happen. And you, you kind of have to manage that tension as a leader, I think, uh, especially in this season. It was it was you know, cause one of our challenges right now is we're going to potentially cancel all of our short-term teams for the rest of the year. Mm. I don't know that that will happen. We don't know what the next two weeks is going to look like. We've got a deadline of the end of eight, end of March to make that decision. Uh, mm. because we, we value safety. We don't want to, you know, we're not going to make people travel. We've allowed people to cancel to date, but, but like, that's a pendulum thing. Some, some people think we've got to do it now and we better do it right away. And, but other people saying, no, oh, it's going to be okay we don't know, but yeah. right now I'm kind of being the balance right there in the middle going, okay, let's wait and see. We do have a threshold. Let's make a decision, a good decision when we know more information. It's cool. How many times just like talking through this, you have said like, like one of my big takeaways is going to be like, it's okay to say, we don't know. Like we, we can't know yet. Uh, and so we just need to be patient and trust that as, this unfolds as this further develops trust that God has it covered already. And that our responsibility in that is just to take it one day at a time to depend on him and try to make the best decisions that we think are aligned with his character as we possibly can. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of those things that's like, like, I know you love saying like easier said than done, right? It feel, mm-hmm. feel really simple, uh, but not necessarily easy right. to actually well, do. My three to five in the morning. 
morning was the not easy part, right? Like I was late wake yeah. going, okay, I got, I got house payment. I got, you know, I got kids in college, you know, how do you, you know, what's this going to look like, you know? And, but at the end of the day, in the morning for me, you know, the clarity of mind and thought is God is in control. He's never let us given up on us and he's never, he's never neglected us. He, even yeah. if it's hard, there's always a reason for it. And, and there's always, it's never, never the end of the story. It's been, it's really great. Yeah. What, um, what, you know, as, as we're kind of wrapping up here, like a, a, the men that are listening to the show, uh, what would you encourage them to be making sure that they're doing in their day-to-day li- lives, like in their day-to-day rhythms um, to make sure that they are being patient and, and, and listening to him, um, but that are making the best decisions, having the best discernment that they possibly can. Like what, what practices should we be developing during this season? I'd say two, two things. One is if you were already had a rhythm of regularly spending time with the Lord, don't stop. Yeah. That's, that's easy. The other one, I, other thing I think I would say is know yourself, know who you're know yourself and your own enemy. You know, so if I'm always half empty, know that you need to probably course correct that during the season. You know, the mm-hmm. sky is not following, falling. You know, I was thinking we in general, like this quick sidebar, but we've internationally dealt with Boko Haram. We've dealt with the cartels in Mexico. We've had, mm-hmm. you know, major sicknesses. We've, we've had hurricanes in, in Monterey, which you were a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've gotten through all those things. Ironically, in those things, we never had power. We never had internet. We didn't have ability to communicate with each other. And we didn't have a roof over our head in some of those cases because of resources were, were scarce. Then in this case, we have greater than that. We've got roofs over our head. We've got the ability to communicate and be in community. You know, so maybe the third thing I'd say is stay in community, you know, mm-hmm. be, yep. be in the lives of other people, even though it's hard. Uh, and yep. it takes extra effort, you know, because isolation only drives us further apart you know, that community and transparency draws us closer together and keeps us vulnerable. I think that's such a good word. I I think like, you know, us working predominantly in the wealth management space, uh, the, the advisors that are the most calm are the ones that have been in the business for 30 years that uh, have seen this cycle, at least on the economic side, but also just in, in real life, right? Mm -hmm. Like the fallout that happens during a health crisis or, during a, a real estate market collapse or whatever it is. Uh, the younger advisors are the ones that are like kind of freaking out. Uh, like myself included as a business owner, I'm going, gosh, what is this actually like? This is, this is pretty scary stuff. Like I'm having to take a lot more deep breaths than I think some of those more seasoned advisors are. And so like my big takeaway to your point has been like get in community with one another because it reminds us that like we're, we're in, it together right like even just talking with some of my peers that are maybe equally as freaked out (laughs) but that are like at least us like like living through that together has been really helpful but then talking with mentors like like you and my dad and you know some of our other seasoned clients has been really helpful just for me to get a grip on reality because what you were just describing whether it's Boko Haram or or the hurricane or, or these other things that you've walked through is we know we can find success through this season we know God will see us through it because we've lived through 
these things before. For a lot of us, I think like if you're 33 and under, you're this is the first time you're living through like a, a major crisis, right? Maybe uh, for a lot of us. And so like uh, just wrapping your head around that alone is hard. So get so talking with someone that has experienced that and has experienced success on the other side, I think is a great way to get a little perspective on what's actually going on. Yeah, I think that's really well said. I think that I think it not panicking, being confident in the Lord and and really investing in re- real relationship where you can share those concerns but not not get sucked into a dark hole with them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that pendulum you mentioned earlier is really powerful. Like I think just you know, being able to picture that in our heads and even like in different moments, maybe kind of chart where you're at on that pendulum and just like remind yourself, I need to get back to center and here are the things I know to do, whether it's prayer, whether it's talking with a mentor, um, whether it's just sitting quietly with the Lord, whether it's journaling, getting into scripture, listening to worship music, you know, whatever it might be to get back to that center, start to develop some of those habits and disciplines. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, brother. Great. Any parting words for for the listeners? No, uh, I don't. I don't what, think so. What? what can we be doing to to support back to back? What can we be strategically prayerful for? Well, you know, because we're a nonprofit. You know, I have a friend who who's a serial entrepreneur, and he says, "Oh yeah, nonprofit. I know nonprofit." Um, <laughs> so, you know, because we are, a, because we are a nonprofit, you know, we, the economy does tend to impact us. So we're, we're just prayerful. We're, we're trusting the Lord to lead us. Um, you know, obviously right now we're in a good spot cause it's not changed overnight, the economy, but the, but that's, that's really the prayers that we, we learn what to do, which way to go right or left on different things. And some of those things are going to be to change things. And some of those things are going to be to, uh, invest more in other things. Like I, yeah. I was just, this is, yeah. So that, that's what I would just ask for prayer and wisdom and discernment as we, yeah. as we navigate this, like everybody else is, um, without a fear, you know, with the full confidence yeah. that God has got us. It's funny. I was talking with, with Chad earlier today about like, um, it feels like we've been playing a game where we're up 20, uh, and now all of a sudden, like our captain tore his ACL and our coach got thrown out of the game <laughs> and we're having to like lock arms with one another and figure out what it looks like to be team, be good teammates. And I, and I think that's kind of been the way that we're trying to walk this out is like, what does it look like to be a good teammate to back to back, um, in a season where like we're facing some serious adversity? Yeah. I think that's spot on. I think, and, and, and really to be honest with you, we each need to step up and be our own best. And yeah. that includes being in de- interdependent, but independently dependent on Jesus individually. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's really, really critical. It's awesome. I love it, brother. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Thanks for your My friendship, pleasure. man. My pleasure. Thanks, Kurt. Fellas, thanks as always for listening to this episode of the Grown Man Podcast. I would just encourage each of you to spend some time with the Lord in the mornings uh, as we walk through this chaotic, uncertain time. Uh, I think to Todd's point, there's just so much that the Spirit can deliver to us through spending time in Scripture, spending time in quiet, um, and just letting Him guide our thoughts, guide our actions, uh, guide the way that we are interpreting and processing uh, what's going on. 
uh, in the world right now, in our individual lives and lives of our families and, and the lives of the globe. Um, and I would just encourage you to, I, I really took to heart uh, Todd's comment about being intentional uh, with Beth, with his wife, about uh, how we want to approach uh, this situation that we're in. What do we want to make sure happens uh, as we're walking this out, whether you are married or not, that is an amazing question to ask of yourself, to ask of your community, um, but especially if you're married, to ask that of your spouse and have that dialogue and hold each other accountable to what that needs to look like going forward. So again, thanks as always for listening to the show. If we can be prayerful for you at all, please don't hesitate to shoot me an email at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at grownmanproject.com. Until next time. Uh, can I press in actually before we yeah, I'd be great. jump in? God, thanks for um, hmm, thanks for your provision uh, in seasons like this. It, it is comforting to know that we can rest, knowing that uh, your grace and your goodness um, is there. Uh, I keep playing uh, Darius Sneed's song "Best Days Are Ahead," <laughs> and uh, I thank you for the fact that we can we can say that confidently, that we can trust that, that no matter what challenges we face, that we know that you are ultimately good. Um, but I pray that you help us understand what that means in this season. I pray that you guide uh, Todd and I's conversation, um, that it be glorifying to you, that it be honest and authentic, um, but also encouraging, uh, challenging in the right ways, um, inspiring in the right ways. Uh, I pray that uh, you give us energy um, just to bring your your power and your wisdom um, through, uh, through our words. God, please use us uh, in the best way that you see fit. Um, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kurt.